We continue our pre-Lenten season of Septuagesimatide today with Sexagesima Sunday, the 60th-ish day before Lent, even if technically it is the fifth Sunday of the ordinary time of this year in the modern Roman Rite. In the Gospel today for the extraordinary form, we hear in Luke chapter 8 about the sower who goes out to sow his seed. Some of the seed just falls by the wayside. Some of it falls on rock, some among thorns, and some on good ground. This is one of the few parables where Jesus systematically breaks it down for us line by line, and he tells us that the seed is the Word of God. Now, Catholics sometimes have this rather strange relationship with the Bible, right? Sometimes they say, well, we decorate it, we carry it in procession, we incense it, we sing it, but you actually want me to read it, right? I have Catholics of a certain age tell me that they were actually discouraged from reading the Bible because well-meaning people and their lives were afraid that they would turn into Protestants, right? Okay. We're the church and we're here to help, seems to be the message. Well, I can't think of anything more profoundly un-Catholic myself than to tell people not to read the Bible, which after all is a Catholic book because it was the Catholic Church whose authority discerned which ancient writings were in what we call the canon of Scripture in the first place. The Bible didn't fall out of the sky as one volume in the 16th century when Martin Luther got around to removing those books that, from the Bible that rather inconveniently disagreed with his theology. In fact, little-known fact, there's actually an indulgence attached to reading the Bible, and you can't get much more Catholic than indulgences. Also, monks and nuns and religious and pious laity have since ancient times practiced the discipline of Lectio Divina, a prayerful reading of the Scriptures. But the Bible isn't like any other book or genre of literature. It is, in fact, a whole library whose books are all of different shapes and sizes, as it were. And I know that, you know, ancient spiritual texts of any religion can awfully seem strange, but engaging them and seeking assistance and understanding them is key not only to getting out of it what the authors intended, but how to apply the wisdom therein to our lives today. Now, it is true that the Catholic Church does not believe in the individual interpretation of Scripture, okay? because the Bible doesn't belong to you. 
And you have no right to say on your own what this means in and of itself. Why? Because the Bible belongs to the entire church, to all of us. And not just to today, but to all times and in all places. But there is a sense in which the Bible can also, at the same time, for those in the church, be intensely personal. God speaks not only to the whole church throughout time and space, but also to the heart of the individual believer. In the gospel today for the ordinary form, right, we hear about Jesus going through all of these towns and villages, casting out demons. Right? And remember that Jesus is the Word of God. He's the Word of God made flesh, and His very presence dispels evil. And you know, I'm awfully skeptical about people who get very wrapped around the axle about exorcisms and demons, and they see all this stuff everywhere, and then, you know, they want to call the priest to do the magic for them, right? And so then I have to say, well, have you been to confession lately? Because that's the most powerful exorcism that there is, right? Are you baptized? No. Do you go to Mass? No. Do you pray? No. Do you do good works? No. And then you wonder why you have demons, right? It's not that difficult, right? But the presence of the Word of God dispels evil. And that is why it is so important for us to not only just hear the Word of God at Mass, but to make it an integral part of our lives. Now, we don't do this in our ordinary form, but in the extraordinary form, at the very end of Mass, the first chapter of the Gospel of John is read. Okay? We call it the last Gospel because it's the last time you read the Gospel at Mass, right? But it's read facing north. Okay? That's kind of a strange thing. People say, why do you just turn like this all of a sudden to read a chapter of the Gospel? Well, remember that the Catholic Church always has a reason for everything that we do. Okay? In Europe, in the early Middle Ages, the Vikings came down from the north to destroy and pillage everything in sight. And the Christians were utterly terrified of these very fierce Norse warriors and even more terrified of their terrifying pagan religion. And so with great simplicity, all over the Catholic world, they said, y'all need Jesus. Not with that accent, but. And so they started to read about the Word made flesh in the direction from which the Norsemen were coming. And then eventually, they stopped, were baptized, became Christians, and established an incredible Christian culture that, strangely enough, in our own days, is beginning to see the beginnings of a renaissance. Okay. Why? Because Christians knew that there was power in the Word of God, not in a superstitious kind of way, but they prayed it, and they prayed it for a reason. Okay. The presence of the Word of God cast out all evil, but are you using the Word of God 
in the way in which God intends it. Right? And in order to do that, you've got to read it. Right? And not just read it, it needs to become a part of you. Now, I have to say I am really happy about how so many people nowadays in our church, especially in this country, seem to be engaging the Bible, and some of them for the first time, at least in a serious way, in their lives. Um, Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a Year podcast has been incredibly popular among Catholics, and I've had so many people say, Father, this has been really a great thing. So on their recommendation, if you're looking for a great entryway into it, I highly recommend it. As many of you know, as a child, I grew up here in Greenville. And so often people come down here to visit or to move, and they're struck by the regional accent, right? Sometimes it might seem a little strange if you're not used to it. Well, there are reasons for this unique southern vernacular, and I have to say that I hate that it's kind of disappearing. Many of the original settlers of this area were Scotch-Irish, or, like my family, dissenting English Protestants. And they brought with them the authorized version of the Protestant Bible in English, a translation brought about by King James I. Now, as English in the mother country developed and changed, English here continued to be profoundly influenced by the translation of King James even down to our own day. A culture formed by Bible reading and a 17th century translation okay, with influences from African languages with the enslaved peoples created a unique accent. I remember as a kid, we used to memorize large parts of Scripture, okay? and my earliest memories were of, in fact, Jacobean English. Right? So, so for me, it seems totally normal to talk to God and to listen to Him in archaic forms of our language. Okay? Catholics, very often, were used to hearing the Bible in Latin. And there have been so many different translations into English used at Mass for the last 60 years and for devotional reading in previous centuries that there is not a common culture among Anglophone Catholics the way that there is among many Protestant English-speaking Christians, even though even there that common culture is disappearing. Okay? And I do hope a day will come when English-speaking Catholics have a beautiful and accurate English that is consistent for worship and private use, that can forge a truly vernacular English Catholicism alongside the Latin, but I might be seeing that from the great beyond. Okay? All of this to say on this Sexagesima Sunday, if the Word of God is to fall on good ground, and be a life and spirit transforming integral part of our lives that keeps evil away from us, then every Christian disciple has to pray the Bible in private 
and in small discipleship groups and Bible studies. Biblical illiteracy is inexcusable for the Christian at any time. But especially today, when we have a more educated laity than at any time in history. It's going to be here before you know it, but Lent is a great time to take up the Bible once again. It's your book, church. It's a love letter from God for the whole church and for you. Receive it. Plant it in your heart and watch it grow.